Jesus will still be there. Amen. He's here today. And uh, rest assured, where two or three are gathered together, there, the Bible says, I will be in their midst. So, uh, with that, and before I um, uh, speak a few uh, minutes, I would like to say that um, I heard so many good reports about the uh, retreat. Uh, and everybody is praising God. Every woman is praising God. And you know that should cause the men, all men, to praise God. Amen. You know why? Because they bring home with them a certain uh, spirit, a spirit of revival, a spirit of commitment, a spirit of patience. Did I say the right word? And uh, we are going, I have news for you men. We've got it made. They are going to be more patient with us. <laughs> they made commitments. So, uh, let's take advantage of that. <laughs> and test their patience. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, the, the bottom line is that um, when they are uplifted, we are uplifted. When our women are uplifted, we are uplifted. And uh, the lady at the restaurant, we gathered few men and went to the restaurant to uh, Marie Callender's Friday night. We were about 20 men. And uh, the manager said, well, you know, you are the best group that comes in here. And I tell you, you have the best church in the valley. She doesn't know us. Just like that. Because the way you behavior. And I said, yeah, tonight we are here because our wives and all the ladies have a, a retreat. And they're standing. So uh, when uh, the time came that we were leaving, she said, now you go along and clean your house and clean your mess and, <laughs> and make everything clean for them before they come. I said, yes, you're right. <laughs> so she was, uh, yeah, uh, we miss you, but uh, I felt the blessings and I kept praying and I heard the reports. Thank God for that. And may God bless you all. And uh, let's hope and pray that this commitment will stay with you. And it will affect us men. So our household will be better. Our church will be better. Our commitment to the Lord this year will win more souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will learn all together. Let's open our Bibles uh, to the uh, Gospel of John and chapter Five, chapter 5. Verse 1. After these things, 
there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos or porches. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. And a certain man was there who had been 38 years in his sickness. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your wallet to your pallet, and walk. And immediately the man became well and took up his pallet and began to walk. May God bless his word. It's his word. The man at the pool. I struggled with that. The Lord said, you are going to speak about that. And I said, I'd like to speak about something else. But uh, I struggled with that to make a decision. And then finally, the Lord wins all the time, right? That means there's a need. That means he knows what's happening. He knows before us. Do you hear me, all of you? Okay. Bethesda. The house of mercy. This is what I want to talk about today. Their God was extending his kindness and mercy to many afflicted people. Around the five porches or porticos lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, all waiting for the moving of the waters. The descriptions of these people speak of the results of sin. Do you agree with that? Yes, sin blinds our eyes to the truth of God and His glory. It paralyzes us so we cannot walk in His ways. And it withers our strength so that we become Helpless and hopeless, unable to save ourselves. One of the men of God, Charles Williams, once said, regarding and commenting about this, he said, Sin has many forms, but the work of all is the same. My question is, weren't we once like these sick people gathered there by the pool? You know, when I start reading my Bible and I reach about certain miracles and men and women who were sick and were healed and came to the Lord and the Lord changed their lives and healed them. You know, I place myself in the place of the sick man or the sick woman so I can understand it more. And you know, every time I put my place there, I get a blessing more and more. Because I see myself there instead of them. And how the Lord dealt with me. 
and how the Lord changed my life. And this is why I ask, weren't we once like these sick people laying there? I think, I think we were. All of us. Isn't our society ailing from these illnesses? Blindness to the truth? Oh, where's the truth today? We look for it and we can't find it. Crippled, unable to walk with God, with, uh, with God on our own. We cannot do anything by our ways. And we have no strength whatsoever against the schemes of the devil and his powering influence. What a scene describing man's condition away from God. Laying a multitude, laying there by the pool, sick, blind, lame, waiting for the moving of the waters. Let's look a little bit at the man's condition. And when I looked at the man's condition, I had tears in my eyes when I saw that. In a world of so much misery as this, we find a certain man lying there who had been 38 years in his sickness. That's what the Bible says. 38 years in his sickness. First of all, he was lame. And you know, the society then was totally different than now. Once you're lame, you cannot walk. You can't do anything. Where's the wheelchair? No wheelchair. No one to help. And probably they said, okay, we bring you here where there's an angel who comes and moves the water and stirs it up. And in no time, you'll jump in there and you will have strength in your legs, and you'll go back home. They left him there. And what tells me they left him there, and never to see him, whether his family, or friends, or relatives. And he had a little rags made, made for bed. You know, they didn't have sealy beds then. They didn't have the orthopedic beds that we have nowadays. Okay, so he, he was laying there. And for how many years in this condition? On the first... On the first time, he made an attempt, you know, what did he use to get closer to the pool? I was thinking of that. And you know, when you are, when you have two legs that have no, paralyzed, let's put it this way. He was totally paralyzed. In order to walk, he had to walk on his elbows. Do you know that? He had to walk on his elbows. You men who've been in the armies, you've tried this exercise, and you know that it's not easy. And it is very painful. And after such a time, his elbows bleeded. And he had problems with them. And he got some rags and put them on in order to move when the angel came. And this man was struggling with himself. I think, think more of something else. Could he shave there? Did he have a mirror so he can look and shave? No. Was there a barber so he can get a good haircut? No. His hair was growing. His beard was growing. Was there a place where he could shower? He was left in his agony. And every day, every day was adding to his depressing situation. And at the very beginning, he says, hey, it'll be a couple of weeks and I'll be back. Because there's, there's a miracle happening here. 
description of this man. If you think about we th- we think, well, he was lame and Jesus came. But remember, he did not stay there for half a day. He did not stay there for two weeks or two months or two years. 38 years at that porch waiting for a miracle from heaven to touch this man and change his life. And you know what he was doing? He was trying with all his strength to just get by. To just get by. You know, isn't it a picture of mankind today? Isn't it a picture of man trying to get better today? Waiting by the pool, helpless and hopeless. How many in our society are crippled like him? And being crippled has become a way of life for them. I'll explain that right now. They are dependent, in other words, on something to get them going. He was so dependent. Actually, he was waiting for something to happen. When he gave up the hope that I cannot on my elbows. Or I will try when his elbows got wounded and he got some rags and covered himself. He said, probably I will turn and go. And this didn't work. Every time someone beats him there. And you can't repeat this for 38 years without getting depressed and down and sad about his situation. He said, I am going to give up. Probably you're sitting here this today and probably you're saying, I'm going to give up. I've been trying to become a Christian, but it's not working. I give up. Wait a minute. Give me ten more minutes. Don't give up. Jesus is passing by. How many? They go to drugs. They can't wait till five o'clock in the afternoon. Let's go have a, what? Happy hour. What a sad hour it is. It starts with happiness, maybe. Outward happiness, it ends up with tears and stories around the bar of how miserable each and every one is. Isn't it that? And they go and bury their illnesses, their sicknesses, their sadness, their experiences with a glass of alcohol. How many, how many today have weekly visit to the shrink just to uh, get some more pizzazz for one more week? They're waiting. These are rags, folks. These are no solutions. I know some people, when I used to work, they used to come, the very, you know, they opened the, the newspaper, yeah? the newspaper, daily horoscope. I want to see my horoscope. And if I have to depend on horoscope, most of us won't go to work. And so many people, let me see what's my horoscope today. And they go by the horoscope. They're so hungry 
They're so lost. They're so crippled. They're so lame. They're so blind that they cannot see anything. I knew a man who used to work for me. He used to tell me, ah, well, I hate February. I said, Doug, his name is Doug, not our Doug, okay? I said, why are you, Doug, why are you so, so sad? He said, I'm depressed. You see these black, black clouds in the sky, they depress me. I said, but this is February, thank God for rain. I like black clouds in February. They are good. That means we're going to have some rain. We'll have some water in the summer. No, they're depressing. I'm going to the shrink. He went to the shrink. Every Wednesday, 1 o'clock, time to go to the shrink. This young man was hoping someone would come and pick him up and throw him there when the when they angel came. But he couldn't find someone. Everybody was so, what? Busy with himself. Others wanted to beat him to it. This is our society. I don't care about you. I care about myself. He had no friends there. Let me tell you, they talked, they discussed things all day long for 38 years. But he couldn't make friends because they're there for one simple reason. I'm going to beat you to the pool. And this is our society today. It's not love. It's not care. It's what's in it for me. Selfishness rules. And the love of God is not there. Oh, yes. If you have been, if you've reached that point, like this man... At the pool, without hope, without help. And I believe very well that he had illnesses outside, lack of hygienic help. And he had probably lice all over him. I don't know his situation, but this is when I started thinking about him. Oh, what a life. And probably says, I don't want to live anymore. There is no hope for me. I have no legs, I have no power, I have no strength. It's the end. And if you've reached, if there's someone here this morning, this, this afternoon, someone has reached this point in his or her life, I ask you to stop for a moment and wait till the Lord Jesus Christ visits your heart and he'll change things around. The occasion for God's visit there was the Feast of the Jews. That is the Passover, the most celebrated feast where everyone came from everywhere to visit Jerusalem. And Christ went there. And a great number gathered. And let's look at the scene a little bit here. And the Lord came to Jerusalem. Where did he go? When I was studying this, I said, where did he go? Observe, please, when... When he went there, he did not visit the palaces in Jerusalem, did he? No. Did he go to the Roman governor to say, let's go pay him a visit and say, we come to salute you? No. And not at all. Did he go to the people who are in power and to tell them, here we come and to say hello and uh, this is the feast? Did he go to the Jews, to the Jewish rabbis? And No, not at all. Where did he go? He did not visit the governor. But he went to the hospitals and the sick people of this world. 
And you know, and this is where you can find him. He went to those people who have broken hearted. He went to the people who have given up on life on themselves. He went to the place by the pool. And he visited those people who are laying there for so many years. Jesus also knew that this man had already been there for a long time. Oh, yes. And he knew his condition. And you know what? He goes to him and initiates the conversation. He initiates the conversation. You know, he didn't wait for the man to say, the man didn't know him. By the way, the Bible says the man did not know him. When they asked him, who healed you? At the end, he says, I don't know. A man came and healed me. He did not, he did not know who healed him. And he bent over and touched him. Oh, how many people said, I'm not going to touch him. I'll get his microbes. I'll get his illness. He, did, he came and touched him. And this is the question he said. Do you wish to get well? Christ is tenderly being inquisitive concerning the desires of this man about his affliction and to teach him that there is a value of the mercy that I am going to have upon you. This is what God did for you and me. And thank God he came to the sick people. And thank God he came to the sinners. And thank God he came to the helpless. And thank God he came to the hopeless. And thank God he came to the lame people like me. And the blind people. And those people who were given up on life. And this is, isn't that a picture? I mean, you should think about it. And think what God has done in your life. And rejoice that Jesus came by and changed your life. God initiated the move from heaven. He looked upon us and he saw our condition. And he sent his only begotten son. This is the Bible says. For God so loved that he sent his unique son to this world. To save you and me and give us eternal life. And the Bible says he came to his own. Oh yes. He came to his own. But what happened? His own did not receive him. And in spite of the rejection. He kept on seeking for us all. In spite of the rejection. And he, say, he says in Isaiah 118. We hear him pleading with us. Come now. Come now. And let us reason together. Says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet. What? They will be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson. They will be like wool. Whatever sin you are practicing today. Jesus promised. That he will make it as white as snow. Whatever condition you are in, I would like you to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming here again, visiting with us to change your life, to give you a new hope, to give you a new chance. You know, it was said, He is the God of second chance. And let me say this. He is not the God of the second chance only. He is the God of second, third chance. And fourth chance. And one hundredth chance. And one thousand chances. He is the God who, as long as we are still alive, you have a chance to get right with God.
Do you, do you wish to get well? I ask you whatever is your ailment today. You could be a Christian. And you have professed to be a saved person. And you're ailing within. And your life is not right with God. And you know well, very well, that you're not walking the right walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he comes in and taps on your shoulder while sitting there. And he's telling you this. Do you? Verse 6. It's, I, did, I did not make this. Do you wish to get well? Let me ask you a question. In all honesty, in all honesty, do you wish to get well? I'm no philosopher. I have no other message for you this morning. Do you wish to get well? Aren't you sick of your double life? Aren't you sick of sin? Aren't you sick of being away from God? Aren't you sick of being outside? Aren't you sick of being in this world that is adding to your ailments and making you more crippled and more lame? Aren't you? I beg of you today. God is saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, do you wish to get well? Sir, this man, he didn't know what to answer. Do you know what he said? He didn't want to answer. He said, can't you see my condition? Ah, how do I get well? I cannot move. I have no elbows anymore. I'm broken down. I have no life. This world, I see people are eager to eat me up. They want my job. They want my life. They want my kids. I have nothing left. You, you notice that Jesus didn't ask him, where are your mom and dad or relatives? He knew they're gone. Who wants to be around someone like this? Maybe for one year. Maybe for two, but not for 38 years. Send him to the place. Let them take care of him. They threw him on the porches with a made-up bed and sleep there. Rain or sunshine? Rain or sunshine? Aren't you sick of that? Do you want to get well? You know, he looked at him. He looked at him. He says this. Sir, he didn't know who he was. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And you know what? I tried first time and second time and third time and 15 time and 100 times. And whenever the season came, I, sir, please leave me to my agony. I have no hope. That was my condition. I had no hope before I found Jesus Christ. I came to the end of my life. I said, I want, I want to finish with my life. I don't want to live anymore. Because I can find solace in this world. I can find real friendship. I can find any help truly that can fulfill my life and give me peace within. I've been struggling. Outside, I looked so good. I looked the best in the neighborhood. 
and the best at work, but inside I was rotten, tired, hopeless, and helpless, and ready to die. If you are feeling this way this morning, I have good news for you. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is coming. Bethesda, the house of mercy, is visiting you this morning. You don't have to worry. He told him, all right, let's not discuss it anymore. That's Jesus. Here's a prescription. Go downtown to the apothecary, you know, pharmacy, and buy this and try these pills, and a couple of weeks I'll come and see you. Did he tell him this? Did he say, let's try? Give me your hand. Let's try and see if you can. You've never walked in your life. You can get up and wobbly a little bit and we'll try it. down. You know what he did? Verse 8, chapter 5. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your pallet and walk. I command you, when you meet with Jesus, he commands that you arise, you pick up your wallet, wallet, you pick up your bed, pallet, and walk. Christ came to the relief. Nothing else could work. No friend could do anything. Do you wish to get well? And if you say so this afternoon, Jesus, you will hear Jesus' voice saying, Arise, take up your bed and walk. I can imagine this man jumping. The one who created the veins, the bones, the muscles, the blood, the water, everything in your body, every little minute thing in your body heard the voice of Jesus. And they all came together. I, I, sir, we're going to stand up and move. Don't say it's impossible. Don't say it's too late. Sir, as if this man saying, can you imagine, if only I could get a man to help me. Strike that out. Man is not going to help you. Or if I could only find the right church, strike that out. Church is not going to heal you. Or if I can't find the right religion, religion is not going to do anything for you. All my religion, all our religion, if we preach religion here, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to save you from the state you are in. The only one that can save you is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I could find the right principles of life. Do you have book of principles? I said, no, we don't. We have the book. These are the principles we believe in. And these excuses continue to come. If I have the time. And after preaching a long time for someone about three years ago. In the office there. And gave him the gospel about Jesus Christ. You know, you know what he answered me? I told you this story many times. But it comes to my mind. And he still comes to church every now and then. He said, Adol, I'm sorry today I'm not buying a car from you. 
What a rejection. You can't sell me Jesus today. I am not buying a car. Oh, one day he's going to stand before the great white throne. And he's going to be reminded, you didn't buy that car. It was Jesus Christ you rejected. If someone could tell me what to do, I'm telling you what to do. If I can hear his voice, his voice is clear today. And he's saying, do you wish to get well? Sir, I've had many chances, but I blew them all. Do I have any more hope? Remember what I said. He's the God of 100 chances. Come to him this morning. He will save you. What happened? He picked up. What did the Bible say? And immediately. It didn't take a week. It didn't take. He didn't need to go to the doctor. He didn't know to go some therapy so his muscles would come back. You know, he didn't walk for 38 years on these legs and more. He was there for 38 years. He could be more. He never walked before. And you know, when our little children start walking, they're wobbly. They fall, they blood their noses and so on and so forth. He didn't have to do that. As if he had springs in his, in his knees. And he was immediately, what happened? Immediately the man became well. That's what Jesus does. That's what he does. Do you want to get well? He said, yes, I want to get well. And if you say yes today, I want Jesus. Yes, he'll make you well. And this is my question to you today. Do you wish to get saved? If you say no, Adol, I'm not buying what you say today. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say no to Jesus. He loves you so much that he died for you. He paid the price for your sins. He says, I want to redeem you. I want to set you free. I, know, I want to give you a new life. Immediately, he took up his bed and began the bed that used to carry him. He carried it. He said, let's, and I can imagine him. And he was looking. Who are you? Who are you? I'm standing. And he's wrapping his bed. He's making it a little bit. He put it under his arms. And he started walking. And this is what Jesus can do for you. Then you start walking. The real walk. You start walking with him. And you know when he got up where he went? I'm amazed when I read the story. When he went, he went directly to church. That was the temple then. He went directly to the temple. He didn't go, go, he didn't say, I want to go to see mom. He didn't want to see dad. He didn't want to see, I want to, I want to go to see my neighbors. He didn't want to see the friends. He didn't want to see anything else. I have nothing else. I want to go and thank God for what he's done for me. And you are at church today. And Jesus is asking you, do you want to be saved? Can I change your life? Do you want to get well? Let's bow our heads. Every eye is closed.
let me say this. I talk too much. I want to stop. Do you want to get well? Just lift up your hand. Say, yes, I want to get well so I can pray for you. Do you want to get saved? Yes, Adol, this is my hand. Lift up your hand so I can pray for you. Is there someone who needs me to pray for him? Do you want to get well? Do you want Jesus to come into your heart and change your life and make you a better person, a better man, a better woman? Would you lift up your hand so I can pray for you? Is there someone? Is there one? I see you. Is there someone? Man, woman, young man, young woman. Do you want to get well? Seize this opportunity. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on yourself. Don't say it's too late. It's never too late as long as you are living. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to come to you. I want to give you my life. I want you to change it. You changed my husband. I want to change, my, I want to change myself. You changed my wife. I want to change my, my life. Ah, and you don't, you don't know what God can do in the household when it's totally for the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll have true happiness and true joy that you've never experienced before. Is there someone who'd like to say, yes, I want to get well? Last time, last call, is there someone who would like to say, Lord Jesus, I want to get well? I want you to save me. Anyone? And if you didn't have this courage, pray in your heart. If you've been struggling with your life, if you've been living a double life, if your life hasn't been pleasing in the eyes of God, I ask you this afternoon to pray in your heart. I don't want to embarrass you at all. Say, Lord, change my life. Yes, I want to get well like this man. Amen. Amen. There's another one. I can pray for you. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to proclaim your salvation, your healing. You are the only one who can restore souls and change lives. And we thank you that you've given us the liberty to proclaim the fact that you are the only Savior of this world. We pray that this word will go out and touch the hearts and souls of men and women. Help us to live for you. And if there's someone who prayed, Lord, I want to get well, take their hands Encourage them, and I'm sure you'll make them well. Bless this congregation. And as we are dismissed, may your blessing be upon each and every family. We pray in your wonderful name. Amen.